I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but that can help us all to grow. In each episode, we spend some time catching up, we share something we think you're really going to enjoy, and then we go on to discuss a topic that we think is really relevant to right now. Could be to do with pop culture, could be to do with the trends we're seeing on social media, or just big topics that we don't think people are talking about enough, but are really important. If you enjoy this, then hit follow or subscribe on whatever podcast player you're listening on, and you will get a brand new episode every single Wednesday. How are you doing? I don't know about where you are, but it is beautiful blue sunshine sky here and it really does just remind me how important sunshine is to your mental health well the sun has just set here so (laughs) it's not that light outside um but no I definitely agree we have a our apartment has a rooftop well it has a rooftop pool actually and we got in the pool the other day and it is horrendously cold um so I don't think we'll be repeating that but we have been going up there and sitting in I've been trying to go up every morning to get some sunlight as soon as I get up and I do think it makes such a huge difference yeah it really does like I'm trying to get back into getting up earlier um and this morning it was more or less light at half past seven and it was so much easier to get out of bed like it felt just felt more hopeful Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. oh my I'm god ready. I'm not looking forward to those short days again I'm looking forward to tulips and daffodils and all the pretty spring flowers though I feel like they're just about to start popping out if I sit up in bed really straight I can just about see the tree over the fence that is starting to get blossom on it we're moving that is exciting. they're the thing like I know I touched on it in the last episode had a bit of a time of it um but it is those little things that have really been really been like getting me through maybe i need to go back and listen to our episode about joy we did at the end of last year because it feels very relevant Mm -hmm. especially this time of year i mean it's it's definitely easier when you start to see the signs of spring i feel like i don't think i've ever experienced a january that does not feel as if it lasts about 10 weeks oh my god so it's just the relief of getting into february yeah and then you've got pancake day You've got Valentine's Day. Like, we're not big Valentine's Day supporters in our household, but I do just love to see all the pink, fun, girly, cute hearts and stuff. Like, I've become a real fan of that. I mean, that's very relevant to today's episode. But it just it is a sign for me that things are moving forward. We are getting on. You just made me think. I don't know if they celebrate Valentine's Day here, but this is very exciting because I'm sure the next time we record, I'll, maybe it will happen is coming up which is the lunar new year here that happens on the 11th yes. uh, 10th of feb i am so people are going crazy. decorations are up this is like christmas take two here it is oh my God. wild please send me some photos i'll send i'll send you some we've got decorations up in our apartment already we, don't, oh, we felt left out <laughs> what do you do for tet um well, so we asked someone who lives here, who's as he's an American like, expat, and he's like, basically all the streets shut down, and everyone just has massive street parties and then drinks a lot for like four days, which I don't Amazing. think we'll be doing. Um, but it basically sounds like yeah, everything, the whole city shuts down for like a week, like three days either side. Um, there's just massive street parties, loads of fireworks, loads of like events, like dancing, music type things um 
So yeah, I'm very excited to see it, but we, we have to stock up on food because nothing will be open. Oh my God. Crazy. Yeah, that's, that's how extreme it is. Also, what a nice time of year to kind of do a New Year's celebration. Like, isn't it? Starting into spring, like that feels more, I don't know, that feels a bit better, doesn't it? Yeah, rather than having to endure a long January right after New Year. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Do you want to share your recommendation for the week? Yes, my recommendation is it's a docu-series which is on Netflix called Big Fate, The Rise and Fall of Jewel. And it felt very timely to talk about because vapes have been all over the news in the UK recently um, because the government is passing new laws that to try and stop the sale and marketing of vapes to children. And this docuseries follows the very rapid rise of a vape startup called Jewel in the Silicon Valley. And I like I'll hold my hands up and say that of zero interest in vaping, never tried vape, never want to, don't know where they came from. They just appeared one day very quickly and mm. they smell gross. It's about my summary of them. Yes. But this company was started by two guys who went to Stanford and they're both smokers and they were like, they're basically like, we're intelligent people. We they did like engine they were engineering or mass yeah, something like that. They're basically like, surely we can create something that the part of smoking that we love is the social side of going outside and standing and having a cigarette break and then obviously you get the nicotine hit that you're addicted to but they were like why can't we create something that is less harmful for, than cigarettes but still has that social side like angle so they started with these quote good intentions to help smokers quit smoking by providing a device that was less harmful but still had that like community feel and that's how vape started well their company started but and I think you you would find this fascinating, but basically follows how they so catastrophically messed up their marketing because surely you'd think to target existing smokers, you would be targeting like older generations mostly, right? Like yeah. millennials and younger, the people who were smoking less. Instead, they basically marketed this sleek new product that was called like the iPhone of vapes. They marketed it to millennials. Oh, and God. To, to Gen Zers, and they created essentially a whole new generation of smokers with these really questionable marketing decisions. And they, I don't want to like ruin the whole thing and what happens, but like the damage is, is done. And what I think started off as a very powerful idea and probably rooted in some fairly good intentions. Um, became absolutely disastrous and has absolutely like no doubt contributed to the vaping culture that there is now is really interesting really infuriating to watch like you feel if you have any like vague knowledge of how marketing works you can just see how stupid their ideas are um but yeah really interesting watch that i just really had no clue about but was more uh intriguing than i expected it to be that sounds fascinating because Alex and I often have the conversation, maybe somewhat naively, of how shocked we are at how many people our age we see vaping when we are, I mean, and smoking, but particularly vaping. Mm. We know how dangerous it is. And like, yeah, I can understand like my parents' generation, people vaping then to try and like reduce 
reduce smoking but also like the habit right it's a habit formation of like going yeah. out but also having something to hold all of that thing I I understand their place in that situation but it is like mm-hmm. how did they become a trend for young people but also how did single-use vapes become such a phenomenon that it's a genuine environmental crisis and they're having to bring in legislation for it like it feels like we've really fucked up as a society there we like we didn't have this problem and now we've got a new problem like i'm really Mm -hmm. interested in that and how it became a thing and that balance of like good intentions versus did they really if they were marketing to people who were their age like i find it all very interesting so i'm gonna go watch that yeah, it is just purely from that like marketing perspective. You're like, God, I'm you've hired these incredible marketeers who are like known in the business and you thought that this was a good idea. Like bizarre. Anyway, an interesting one on Netflix. What is your recommendation? Um, so mine is a podcast by one of our favorite people, Richard Osmond. Um he oh. Got a new podcast with journalist Marina Hyde called The Rest is Entertainment. Now, if you are already a fan of like the Goal Hanger podcast, the company that do The Rest is History, The Rest is Politics, The Rest is Money, then you'll kind of be familiar with the format of how this kind of series works. But the rest is in the rest is entertainment is a new one. Came out at the end of last year. So there's like a back catalogue of like 10 to 15 um episodes, and it's all about pop culture and the entertainment industry. So they have covered things like Taylor Swift being person of the year. They've covered how quiz shows work. They did a special for traitors. And both of them have worked in the entertainment industry for decades. So they have this incredible wealth of knowledge. They do have differing opinions on quite a few things, which is really nice to hear respectful debate. Um, And they discuss such a wide range of entertainment topics it is so interesting over the past couple of months or weeks months i've kind of needed something that is light that's escapism and that is comforting and this podcast fulfills all of that because it's interesting enough to be that distraction and keep you hooked but there is something about richard osmond's voice which is just so comforting um but it's also genuinely fascinating they actually now do two episodes a week so they do a main topic episode every week and then they do a Q&A section because they've had so many people write in and it's absolutely fascinating people ask about like how like how much money can you really win on a game show and all that sort of thing so there's a lot of behind the scenes if you're into pop culture into entertainment news find that industry interesting and love like the behind the scenes of things I think you will really enjoy it you sent me the linked to one of the episodes the other day yes I had it on my list I have not listened yet I need to finish another podcast series first and then I'm gonna give it a listen it is one of like I rarely find like brand new podcasts now that I really thoroughly enjoy this has shot to the top of the list like I find myself really looking forward to the episodes launching on a Tuesday and Thursday and what's really nice is that they they kind of have such a different perspective because they're older, like they're a few decades older than me and they have worked in that industry. Their perspective on things is very different. And they recently did an episode Mm. about how Margot and Greta got snubbed at the Oscars. Margot and Greta as though our good friends. (laughs) 
I'll <laughs> how they got <sighs> the Oscars. And Marina basically just like breaks down like why she thinks like people have got too angry about it. And it's really interesting mm. because she, part of her argument is the award ceremonies are irrelevant and have been irrelevant for years. How were you only just noticing this? Like the problems are far bigger than this. And it's really interesting just to hear someone take it in a completely different direction. So would definitely really recommend that one. I listen to it on Spotify. Um, I just find that the easiest place to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to give it a listen. Definitely. That's going to be my next gym, gym listening podcast. Yeah, it's really good. Also, it makes me consider getting into snooker and darts and watching it. But Oh, God, no. Right. Do you know what? I'm not a fan of either. And I've always been very judgmental of the sports. However, the way Richard Osman talks about them, he kind of convinces you that you should give it a go. So, I mean, I like playing snooker. If I'm down at the pub and someone's like, do you want a game? I will play oh, it. Yeah. However, I will, I will never sit and watch them as like sports on TV. No, me either. But now he's spoken about it. I'm like, actually, you make some good points there, Richard. You really do. So who knows? Oh, dear. I know, it feels like I'll get into it, but it's just (laughs) giving you different ideas, isn't it? Talking of which, this week's episode, I am so excited we are talking about this because I feel like discussing girlhood is the epitome of fun. And Mm -hmm. we've said a couple of times, I think, like we want to dive into girlhood and the resurgence of girlhood and how it's really kind of become a huge trend that people are embracing more, why that is and why we think it's a really good thing. And it's interesting to me that there is any, well, maybe not interesting, that it's not surprising there's backlash, but this feels like one of those things where there should be zero backlash because it's like, it's just fundamentally good fun. And yet people are- Also literally is half of the population. I feel like it came out of last summer in particular with Barbie movie, the Taylor Swift era's tour, the like rise of the quote unquote girlies on TikTok, like the wellness girly, the pink girly, like all of the different trends, like beige girl trend and all of those different things. But it's kind of snowballed, like it feels much more than a trend now. Oh, yeah, I I definitely think. I think from a, I guess, a marketing perspective and a content perspective, a lot of, a lot of, uh, I guess, like movies, brands, content is treating it as if it's a trend. Mm. I think it's more of a returning to yes. something for, like, for me, I think like the feminine that we grew up with was so defining for me. And maybe that is like a very millennial take on it, but mm. I feel like before I was old enough to understand that there was a stigma around like soft feminine energy, it was like, it was iconic to me before I knew what iconic even was. Like I, it was so big in my childhood. So then to see it coming back and having a space, and I think it's more the type of, I guess, girlhood content I'm really enjoying is content that's being created by women for the female gaze and I do think that kind of that's the reclaiming that we're talking about like that women taking back the narrative of the feminine rather than it being feminine that's like defined by a more patriarchal gaze yeah it always felt like growing up you got to like maybe 
9, 10, 11, and that kind of pink, fluffy girliness had to go. Then you were allowed, like, the girliness, quote-unquote, of makeup and hair care and texting boys and all of that. But you couldn't be taken seriously. Like, you almost knew that at some point you would have to let all of that go if you wanted to be taken seriously. And whether it was explicit or implicit, I'm not sure. I think it was probably a bit of both. But I always think back to that bit in Legally Blonde where she has the fluffy pen. And Mm -hmm. there's that insinuation that she can't be taken seriously and she can't be good and she can't be successful and intelligent and eloquent because she likes pink, fluffy things. And obviously that movie is all about saying, screw that, that's not the case. But I do think in a weird way, it almost had the opposite effect on me because it reaffirmed that message of, nope, you have to be a certain way. You shouldn't be emotional. You shouldn't embrace all those things if you want to be taken seriously and fundamentally so much of this girlhood trend and all of these things are just fun whimsical happy joyful things like having brunch and making smoothies and having girls nights and doing face masks making friendship bracelets all of those things are just fun with no ulterior mm-hmm. motive. And I don't know whether it's partly that kind of Y2K trend coming back and Barbie making us reminisce and all of those sorts of things, but it's definitely felt more legitimized to turn around and go, you can be both. You can want a sophisticated, neutral, aesthetic home, a successful career be taken seriously at work, earn a lot of money. But you can also have the pink scrunchies and do candle painting and have glitter and drink pink fizzy drinks. Like you can do both and that's completely legitimate. Mm. It's refreshing. I think it's so interesting you were saying about like the Legally Blonde movie because I definitely felt the same. Like even though that wasn't the aim of the movie, I feel like it kind of showed you it's going to be really hard for you if you're too feminine. Like that was basically Mm -hmm. like, even though it was a good outcome for her, it was like, it's going to be tough for you if, if this is the kind of woman that you are. And then you grow up being taught that to be successful as a woman, you need to be more masculine, but then exactly what you were saying about like the fun of it. I don't, we didn't grow up and get to where we are without our girlhood. Like Mm -hmm. for us talking from this perspective, our girlhood is still like half of our lives. Like, yeah, I think it's very significant that particularly for like our generation that there's been this reclaiming and this revival because it's it's not that long ago for us. And we've been told that it's something we have to like push down and get rid of. And now we've got this opportunity and this chance to like not dismiss the girl that we were in our childhood and our teens and our twenties. We get to embrace it. Like, I love that. It's really interesting as well. I saw a, I think this, I think this might have been where we started having this conversation. I think I sent you a TikTok and it was like the irony of like women in their late 20s, early 30s going back into that kind of girlhood, teenage mindset and teenagers so desperate to be older, having their green smoothies, their iced coffees and their expensive skincare routines. Mm. 
I think that always happens when you're younger. You always want to be older than you are and you aspire to have that kind of free oh, yeah. and all of those things. But it's that kind of, I don't want to say regression because I don't think that's the right word, but kind of renaissance of femininity and enjoyment. I do think it's because we're all finding some sort of comfort in it. Like there is that nostalgia and that warmth that you get from nostalgia and kind of almost like welcome familiarity and coziness. Like we, you and I didn't know each other when we were that age. And yet we can bond over that sort of culture because we experienced it in similar ways. And I think that's exactly it. Girlhood was like such a shared experience. Yeah. For so many women. And it's just nice. And I think it's really interesting. The ideas that we have in terms of like how to show up in the workplace, etc., are so deeply ingrained. The other day, well, it was actually a couple of months ago now, I updated my Google Chrome on my work laptop. Part of the update means that you can have a different colored background, but you can pick Google Chrome to be any color. I instinctively went for pink. As soon as I clicked on it, I had a little voice in my head going, oh, don't do that. Because if you share your screen and people think and people see that your screen's pink, they won't take you as seriously. That is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I don't work with anyone who would actively think that. However, that's how internalized the misogyny is. And I was like, no, I want a pink Google Chrome. It makes me happy. And so it's pink. But it just goes to show like the micro levels on which we feel like we have to or have had to water down that part of our personality to be accepted. And you go, bloody hell, like we're half the bloody population. Like we're allowed to enjoy things that are just fun and pretty and cute. Like that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think I had exactly, I think from now I would technically say my favorite color is yellow, but I would say from the age of maybe 11 to 15, well, probably when I was younger as well, but it didn't really occur to me to think that there was an issue but pink was always my favorite color. And from the age of 11, I remember if anyone ever asked me what my favorite color was, I would never say pink. I would always pick something else because yeah. I was self, I was self-conscious of saying that pink was my favorite. Like how wild is that for like a young girl to be self-conscious about saying that? Like absolutely bizarre. I would and always say like, purple because purple wasn't quite as girly as pink. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which is hell? wild that you even had to have that thought process. I mean, what what I really like about this, because I've read loads of stuff saying, what is this rise of like girlhood, hot girl waltz, girl dinners, girl, like girl, 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 girl. Isn't it infantilizing? Like why are women infantilizing themselves? And it's really made me think about it because I hate the phrase girl. And I've felt very strongly about how degrading it is to call a woman a girl. And since this has become more of a bigger thing, it's made me realize that it's not the word girl that bothers me. It's the context that it's yes, used in. hundred percent. So like if an unknown man or a random like man in an, like, I don't know, in your office, someone who's leading a meeting or someone online or a politician, I don't know, someone, a man, I won't say all men, but like, I think particularly if it's a man that you don't really know mm. and if he calls a woman a girl, I think that's degrading. Whereas I will sit here and freely say my girls because yeah. you are my girls. You are my, it's not, I'm not like infantilizing my friends. I'm saying you are literally my group of girls. 
and that's where you're talking about girlhood you're not degrading someone it's literally that shared identity of being girls together and I think I finally like figured out why it bothered me so much in certain contexts I completely agree with you like it's all context and how it's being said and who's saying it like it's and there's also when we say girl dinner hot girl walk we're saying it about ourselves and we're almost honoring that part of ourselves that we've shut away for so long and Mm -hmm. I've been like talking to a few friends about having like girly weekends and basically what we're saying by that is weekends where we just embrace all of the fun joyous girly things we ignore kind of the big scary responsibilities in life we stop thinking about the things that are causing us anxiety and like the big sensible things and we just kind of let ourselves be and enjoy ourselves and I know that there's an argument of like, oh, but men don't feel the need to say boys weekend. Actually, that's a lie. People do say boys weekend. They do. Yeah, like, definitely. All of those sorts of things. But I don't think they need it in the same way because it isn't demonized in the same way. It isn't believed mm-hmm. in the same way. And I recommended it a couple of months ago on the pod. I will try and relink it if I remember about the article on the Every Girl about embracing feminine energy. Because I think for so long, femininity and feminine energy has been undermined and degraded and kind of seen as weak and supplementary and not that beneficial but actually it is a really good thing it is good to be able to embrace being gentle not only with others but with yourself to just look for the fun and enjoy it and for so many years I would feel like I couldn't say I love pop culture and I find it interesting and I enjoy the entertainment news and all of that because I thought People will think I'm vapid and shallow and stupid because I care about other people. And you know that quote that's like, great minds discuss ideas, great people discuss something else, and then basically small-minded people discuss other people or whatever it is. Um, Mm. It used to really annoy me. And I don't think it's true. But that kind of thing is always levelled at people who enjoyed entertainment news or pop culture in a way that it isn't levelled to men who enjoy sport, might I add. Um, but I've just started to become more comfortable with it and going, actually, yeah, I, I do enjoy it. I do get a lot of joy out of it. It's a source of distraction and entertainment. And that's fine. Like, that doesn't make me less well-rounded as an individual. Um, I just think it's a positive thing. Like, yeah, I feel... We yeah. can change our minds on it. I feel like you and I have changed our perspectives on it and I think it's given us more freedom yeah and because I it always used to bother me that you know when there's like I don't know when you're in meetings and stuff or like business like especially like when I see entrepreneurs get together and they're like oh we, we want like more diverse voices in the room like it's it's for creative ideas and blah 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 but I never understood like women's uniqueness is their feminine femininity I can say it like that's what makes us different so why is then like that our lives are so different our bodies change every day Uh, the way like like the intuition that we have is so different from how the male mind works and instead of seeing that as a positive we're told to like be less and like kind of dumb it down I feel like this movement now we have the chance to 
but the power and exactly what you were saying about how you felt like you couldn't really own up and say that you enjoy pop culture or couldn't show your screen if it was pink like that kind of thing now I feel like we've got this chance and this almost like a platform to forgive our past selves for thinking like that and also just giving ourselves the space to reclaim the girlhood that I guess that we thought we had to suppress like yes. we've, we've been given the permission to not have to suppress it anymore suppress is such a good word because that definitely feels like what it is like it it feels that like you can let that part of your personality come out more and it's not it's not less than and that is really fun like I don't know about you like in planning a wedding I think there's a part of me that there's so much of me that's very aware that so many traditions things you do are steeped in like misogyny and the patriarchy but there Mm. are so many parts of it that really do allow you to fully embrace that girly feminine energy for you and your girlfriends and that's really fun like obviously you can do that without having a wedding but I think it's in particular the process has just made me realize how many little girly things I want to do for my girls because it's an excuse to embrace that fun and Mm -hmm. it's just nice like even little things like I've started buying candles that are pink so I'm like that's just cute why not why not why not why not I think it's so interesting like you keep saying fun because well one it is fun but I saw a quote from Ononi Forbat, the who's the author of Bad Influence. And she said, like, of talking about like the girlhood kind of movement, women who are feminists are finding it fun, but they're also finding it fun that like the reaction yeah. people are having, like the the men lashing out and the criticizing. And like I guess the point that she's making is like because they're threatened by it. And it really made me think, because I read that quote earlier this week when I was thinking about this episode. And the same day, I saw an article on CNN talking about, have you seen the backlash about Taylor Swift being at the, the 49ers and Chiefs game? I've seen some seen of it been... and people being like, basically, she's taken away from football and all of that sort of thing. Well, so there's now been this basically, I guess, right wingers in the US are starting to peddle this conspiracy that Taylor's like rise in girlhood and media coverage and her like Swifties and the the influence that she has is unnatural. And it's actually part of this covert agenda by the left to reelect Joe Biden, which I mean, even CNN's writing was like, this is absolutely bizarre. But it just made me think of that because I'm like, here's this woman who is wildly successful, has a huge following, has done amazing things for herself and the US economy has fans all over the globe, has now given the NFL the highest viewing numbers in history. Yeah. And she's having fun and you're you're making up a conspiracy about it. And I just thought that's so funny, isn't it? Someone who is just like the symbolism of girlhood right now and they've got to find some kind of conspiracy or some ulterior motive for the fact that this is just a woman having a really great time. I also saw, so one of the things I saw that I thought was really interesting is people being like, oh, it's ruining football. It's taking away from the focus of football, which is what I thought you were going to say. And then I saw a thread that was brilliant. And it was basically this guy being like, anyone who's angry about this, you've missed the point. He was like, 
I am thrilled that finally my young girls want to watch football with me. It's an excuse where we can all bond together. Like I'm getting to share something I love with them and they are interested in it. And I've wanted that for years and they've just never been interested. If you're angry that more people are supporting something that you like, then you've got the wrong end of the stick. And he kind of said, and I didn't realize this is the thing, but he was talking about like major league baseball in the US and how like they really messed up because they kind of wanted to almost keep that culture as like a boys club and actually that really led to a lot of the demise of it and the lack of popularity and he was like NFL will face the same thing if we don't just let everyone be part of it like why wouldn't we want people into something that we love and that gives us joy and it's Mm -hmm. so true it's like even when women are spending a hell of a lot of money and making a lot of money for it it's like oh yeah but you know does it undermine the rest of the sport and you're like no it it really does just make it better to have more people involved and I just think that's a classic like laid bare that is a very masculine thing feeling threatened by femininity I guess like why would you in any way be bothered if more people are watching or or engaging with it like what a bizarre thing to be stressed about well it's kind of like what we were saying in last week's episode about like being high maintenance and actually it's a really good thing for the economy but like i would just like to say if you're threatened by a young girl going to see the football because she might see taylor swift then like you probably need to reevaluate where your self-esteem and self-worth lies because like that isn't threatening <laughs> like mm-hmm. i mean to like link this whole conversation back to last week's episode like girlhood is for the girls right like if yeah. you're threatened by something that really doesn't like no one's telling you that you need to paint your nails pink or to have a fluffy pen or to i don't know start learning spice girls lyrics like if this is something that people are doing because they are genuinely loving it and enjoying it and finding community in it it doesn't mean you have to do it if it's not your thing whether you're a man or a woman there's no like requirement to subscribe to girlhood but I think that's the baffling bit about people who are criticizing it or getting offended because at the end of the day who is it actually hurting yeah it's not hurting anyone like it's the most innocent joyous fun also I would say that like if it wasn't fun the Swifty dads would not be such a phenomenon like have you seen yeah. a miserable looking swifty dad one of my favorite things is looking at like the tiktoks about swifty dads like i'm a swifty dad of I I do, like, like i've I only seen the hashtags i've not seen any of the actual content of it. okay i'm gonna find some and send them to you because actually one of them almost made me cry um oh. it's that thing of like these 40 50 year old men being like actually yeah her music's great and it's really fun and my kids enjoy it and it's something for us to bond over like I'm baffled by people who want to prevent joy for others because I just think like life's hard enough. Like, yeah. and that's someone who realizes that enjoying something and like the the reward that it gives of spending time with their their children or whatever d- is not threat to their masculinity. Like, it's not yeah. any kind of commentary on how masculine or manly they are. That's them just seeing like prioritizing 
okay, this thing is great because it means I get to spend time with my kid or whatever it might be. And also just like allowing yourself to just be, we don't do that enough. Like the last couple of months have taught me the importance of just being and why it is so vital for us to do that occasionally. And so much of girlhood involves just being, like doing a thing that intuitively feels good for you, whether it's putting on a cheesy movie, making like a sweet treat, putting on a face mask, whatever it is, and just being and allowing yourself to do that. And mm-hmm. you're totally allowed to do it. And I think that is, that's one of those things that is a really positive outcome of girlhood is allowing ourselves to just embrace it all a bit more and go yeah I can be both I can be multiple versions of myself and that's fine Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely oh I've loved this conversation so I've loved it I want to go and like put on a nice girly movie I might do a little face mask like just literally embrace some girlhoodness the rest of the day you honestly maybe want to watch legally blonde i can't remember the last yeah time I, I actually that. think i might watch legally blonde i might pop it on i've got some other bits and pieces to do today but i feel like that would be a really lovely little background movie yeah oh god i want to watch it oh, <laughs> um i have a playlist i'm going to send you as well that i created recently um and i've called it like girly twirly whirly pop and it is just fun really girly kind of cheesy pop songs that when they come on, you want to dance and sing. So we've got some Spice Girls. We've got the soundtrack from Legally Blonde, which is what made me think of it. We've got some Hilary Duff. We've got some Hannah Montana in there. I know you're like that. Yes. Um, We've got like Taylor Swift. We've got Selena Gomez. We've got Avril Lavigne. Like, I'm going to send it to you. Um, Can't wait. This sounds amazing. And do you know what? When I've been feeling really, really low and like getting out of bed is the hardest thing in the world recently... Popping on that playlist has given me just, it's just 1% better, enough to go like, okay, it's going to be okay. Girl power. Girl power. There's a reason mm-hmm. that the Spice Girls were so popular. Mm-hmm. They're on the marketing, but girl power. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you have enjoyed this too. Please do share with us over on our Instagram page, like your favorite ways to embrace girlhood your favorite maybe it's podcast maybe it's a movie maybe it's a book just like share it with us we want to embrace it all um and we can't wait to have you back next week for another episode bye in the meantime have a great week and we'll speak to you soon bye bye